Welcome everybody to Wrestling is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. We are running towards the end of the year. The, the time is ticking, sir. And we have seen some amazing wrestling throughout 2023. And we're going to be talking about that today. But before we go through all of that, Sancho, my co-host, how you doing? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Santi. Listen, man. This is going to be a very yeet day. It's going to be yeet-tastic. Why are you such an old man about this yeetness? You need to embrace the yeet within. Embrace. Dude, I thought yeet was like a twenty, like 2021 thing. Was it not like this big thing in Fortnite? I remember my niece, who's now 15, yeeting all over the place when she was 12. Like, we're three years behind here on this yeet trend. And I don't, all of this, it's like we just found yeet and now we're trying to make it a thing when it was already a thing three years ago. There's a reason somebody else had the trademark. There's a reason for it. Don't worry. Soon, Jay, main event yeet, yeet so will bring back for sizzle. It's going to be great. They got to put it on t-shirts everywhere. It's the WWE, Santi. But embrace the yeet. You sound like an old man. Oh, okay. Merry yeet, miss. Okay. I'm going to add yeet to everything. It's the most yeetful time of the year. Okay. I hate it. I'm done. I can't do this. I'm done. I have to be a grouchy old man about this. I I did like the shirt, though. The acknowledgement of the um, of him losing the trademark. The, the, the yeet getting like Thanos out of existence from his shirt. No, it no. hurts my eyes. <laughs> it, it, dude, I thought it was a problem with my monitor. <laughs> I think it, I think it'd be a cool shirt to own, but I did. You're right. It was kind of jarring seeing him with it on. It's like when someone wears like a two stripey shirt and then yeah. the HD effect is just like, ah, but you know, maybe we're just getting old. Maybe we're like, our eyes are deceiving us. It, hey, it's a great time of year though. I would have to say before we begin this, both SmackDown and Raw, they brought it. Dude, for everybody, I, yeah, the SmackDown was good, but like that Raw was like a top 10 of the year. The amount of action, so like three great matches, uh, three title matches there. It felt like there were consequences. Uh, and I think what's neat about this man is that it didn't have CM Punk. And it was a show that I walked away being like, I'm okay with it not having CM Punk, which just goes to show how deep the wrestling roster is in the WWE. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I watch AEW and there's an episode without MJF, I'm like, oh. Oh, oh you don't like AEW? <laughs> That's what you all sound like in my Twitter mentions when you think I don't like AEW. No, what I was saying is like AEW has its megastars, and when those megastars are missing, it you notice it. It's very yep. obvious. And I think with WWE, sometimes uh, that is the case. But with this episode of Monday Night Raw, a megastar like CM Punk, the guy that's been creating and generating headlines, the new toy of the WWE that everyone wants to see, wasn't there, and it was still a fantastic episode that I can easily say with confidence didn't need him. Telling you, he's not wrestling on TV <sighs> until Royal Rumble. I love how you finally added this on TV caveat because I'm moving the goalposts. You're I'm moving moving the goalposts. This is what you're doing. For, th- for those that don't Easy. know, Sancho made a prediction that uh, CM yeah. Punk was not going to wrestle that you didn't say on TV. He wasn't going to wrestle until the Royal Rumble, and it's been announced that he's having some house. Of co- he's having some house show matches, and there's already a very entertaining feud on Twitter between Dominic Mysterio and CM Punk that I'm loving. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe Dominic went there so quickly. Uh, what a harsh thing to say. <laughs> like, I loved it. I was I, like, wow. See, old CM Punk would have a problem with it. 
You see him punk. Can't say anything. <laughs> I mean, how what's he get? That's that's Ray's kid. That kid's covered by nepotism. He can't. He can't touch Dominic. He can't. He can't touch Dominic. Dominic can do what he wants. And he's just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> well, folks, as Sancho fixes his camera there, I'll take this opportunity oh, to remind you. I'm using you. a different camera today. That's why it was weird. Oh. oh. Well, we fixed it. We figured it out. And, it, and, the, and for those that are listening to audio, they're like, we don't care because we can't see you. Because oh, it doesn't matter where you're listening to, so long as that you're listening to Wrestling is Cool, we appreciate you being here. However, you could be listening to this and watching this three days early over on patreon.com slash Santizab. Over 160 of you are already over there as part of the community, getting the episode three days early. Alongside that, you're also getting the Raw reviews, SmackDown reviews, and any additional content that we want to toss up on there that you will never see on YouTube. So if you want to get more wrestling content than you're already getting over on the Santizab YouTube channel, channel come on over to patreon.com slash zap to get more wrestling goodness but today is one of those episodes sanchez where we, where we decide i think i said sancho's as in like mm, plural there's more than one me in here mm. it's like holy <laughs> many faces of sancho <laughs> west sancho east sancho north <laughs> they're all gone i took care of them trust me i'm the last one standing <laughs> the battle royale king uh we're gonna be having one of those episodes where we have a very set topic and yes. today's topic is very similar to the top 10 that we did with Roman Reigns, where we did the top, was it top 10 Roman Reigns matches? Is that what we did? I can't even remember. No, dethroning. Who was oh, who would dethrone Roman Reigns? Today, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, since Atis the season, Mary Yeetmas, we're going to be yep. talking about the best moments in WWE in 2023. And uh, before the AEW people go, it is just WWE. So uh, just keep keep it keep it in your pants. Uh, we're gonna be doing our weighted averages, where I came up with my top ten moments in WWE in 2023. Sancho came up with his top ten in 2023. We're gonna weigh them together and come up with a definitive top ten. Sancho, when you were going through, because I'm sure you you didn't remember your top ten off the top of your head. You probably had to go back and mm -hmm. remind yourself of what happened throughout the year. Did anything like? kind of like stand out to you about this year without like talking about moments? I feel that this is Hunter's. I always feel like this is Hunter's. This is year two of Hunter, right? Basically, because the, the first Hunter, this is the first full year onto Hunter is what I'm trying to get at. Because I remember walking into Nashville SummerSlam and that was the first PLE of Hunter. And we're like, this is going to be the most exciting PLE in a long time. This is Hunter's PLE. This is the one where he's running the ship. And that excitement has definitely carried over into 2023. And this is also a year marked where it's be gone beyond a family business into the Endeavor area. And we're seeing now the fruits of that deal and how much it is paying off for them in spades and allowing them this flexibility to continue to work. The biggest thing I would say, Santi, is the the explosion of NXT on the main roster has created a lot of potential moments and has created a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, support for the main roster for years to come. And that was evident in today's uh, last week's SmackDown. It's incredible. And I think what you're seeing now is a strong foundation for this era that we haven't named yet. And yes, it's dominated by Roman's brilliance throughout the entire 2023. But I would say the strongest thing about it is that hunters 2023 was very strong and the wwe is going strong into 2024 what about yourself santi 
Uh, for me, what stood out the most is just the diverse amount of WWE superstars that got a moment, that got a limelight. I feel mm. like in previous years, if your name wasn't John Cena, if it wasn't Randy Orton, if it wasn't Brock Lesnar, you didn't really have a moment that really stood out amongst the greats of that year. And I, mm. when I was looking back, I was like, man, this list, it's diverse. I have so many different names on here, so many different shows, uh, and I just feel like that's very unique unique to 2023 i feel like wwe has found this groove of how to best utilize their insanely stacked roster because in previous years their the roster has always been stacked it's just never been properly utilized and really been leveraged as a stacked roster when i look at this year and i look at the ple's you see that like from P one ple to the other big names are left out because you have other people that can fill in that space, fill in that void uh, and, and still make it a special show. Like I, I look back at like, wow, I can't believe Payback was a dope PLE with all of the names that were missing on there. And I think that just is is a testament of how deep the WWE roster is in terms of the matches that it's able to put on, the storylines that it's able to deliver and the moments, which is what we're gonna be talking about that it's able to deliver and it's it's always been capable of that it's just now they're they know how to to leverage that power throughout the entire year as opposed to just being like hey royal rumble moment that's where you're all going to be remembered for because you're not going to be seen throughout the year at all you're, you're you're again you're saying they but it's triple h triple h is the one that is being able to kind of figure out this this issue that the WD was having where Vince would only focus on one type of wrestler or one wrestler in general, yeah. where he would regulate Kofi to a Royal Rumble moment. No longer Kofi has that ability just to be pigeonholed into that. I mean, we saw Kofi Claus this little past SmackDown too, which is a very memorable moment. I just think going forward, the WWE has figured out that yes, we have a stacked roster and we should not be afraid of factions. Factions do work really well when booked correctly, and that's why we see Judgment Day doing so well. I hope they write the ship with damage control, and it looks like they're going to figure that out too. And and the the biggest outlier to this everything you've been mentioning the the reason why the solution Santi was the absence of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon taking a no longer having a creative control. You're seeing that it is very very fruitful for the WWE not to have that and. It is evident in our top 10 moments list, as you mentioned, the variety and the complexity of the moments. I feel that it wasn't every one of my moments in my top 10 wasn't tied to a title. It wasn't a payoff or like a, a, a blow off in terms of a feud. It was just really good stuff. <laughs> it's really good <laughs> stuff out there. You know what I mean? Um, you know what's funny, though? As I was going throughout the year, you could you could visibly pinpoint that like two months stretch where you were convinced it's Vince yeah. where you just like knew wow what a weird dip in quality that we've all of a sudden have and that's where the meme of I'm convinced it's Vince came about uh, so yeah man it's a testament to how good Triple H Hunter whatever you want to call him has been this year he's just been a revelation for wrestling if I'm being honest mm -hmm. with you it's mm -hmm. uh, I, I really believe that this is the best year so far that we've that the WWE has ever had since I've been watching wrestling which is 2002 and I can only see it being better in 2024 when we don't have that two month lull period of Vince McMahon taking over like this is going to be the full 100% 
Triple H run year in 2024. It's going to be a year where it's dominated by by greed with TKO, which means that they're going to give fans what they want because it's going to make them the most money. And I think it's going to lead to to the best year in wrestling 2024. Market, market. I hope Triple H figures out how to create faces. I think his NXT faces right now are going to be his roster of faces. Right now, he is benefiting so much from Vince McMahon's faces. Randy Orton, CM Punk, like all those are created in Vince McMahon's era. I know, you know, CM Punk and Randy did their own thing too, you know what I mean? But I'm saying Triple H doesn't, is really lucky to have those guys close out the year in 2023. 100%. And and I do think that maybe he's improving with with baby faces. We'll For see. sure. I mean, I, LA Knights, mm-hmm. you got Seth. AJ Stacks was a face. Mm. I still think Drew's a face. So, oh my God, stop! You know what? You know when? You know when Drew became not a face anymore? Like, oh, real talk. When he stopped carrying his this big old sword. Once you put the sword away, you're a heel. Like, because the (laughs) the sword thing is a baby face thing for the kids. And I you you know what? I also as well before we move on to the list, I started to watch wrestling with a a a kid perspective. So when I was watching Monday Night uh, or SmackDown. I was like, you know, this carrying cross, we've seen him as an adult. He's like, but as a kid, he looks scary. Mm. The dude is scary. He's talking about time. You're going to, you know, um, fall and pray. Like, that's a kind of scary thing for a kid. Ivar, scary dude for a kid. You know, you got the Valhalla coming out with the antlers on Christmas. Kind of spooky. So, you know, I encourage 2024, look at things from a kid's perspective. There you go, folks wise words from Sancho West and I do think that that is important as well especially when you're going to go on Twitter and shit on something just remember mm. that that might not have been for you if you're going to go on Twitter and you're going to roast Kofi Claus remember that that if you're you know 35 years old that probably wasn't for you if you're no. going to go and roast Bianca Belair because she smiles and because she's a good guy remember that you're not her target demographic so I think it, it, I think it is important that during the holiday season we try to see different mm-hmm. perspectives out there and make that a, mm-hmm. uh, a 2024 mm-hmm. resolution I think it'll make wrestling fans all the better but let's jump into our list again we did a weighted average santo gave me uh, santo oh my goodness santo's yeah, escobar that's, that's here on the brain. <laughs> i'm gonna go uh, healing you in 2024 brother. <laughs> santo west santo west uh sancho had his top 10 i have my top 10 uh we did a weighted average and here is the definitive top 10 now interestingly enough sancho do we have enough ties where there's no honorable mentions all of ours are actually on this list oh in some way shape or form can i give an honorable mention real quick please go ahead Dominic and Ray at WrestleMania. That was a really good. Dominic's entrance was solid. Mm. Ray with the chancla. Ray with that crazy spot where he literally faced forward into the bottom turnbuckle. I was there live at that mania. Really solid. Really solid. I mean, that entire storyline was was goaded. Like the fact that they mm-hmm. even kept kayfabe at the uh, at the Hall of Fame ceremony with Dominic yep. walking out. Like I, I'm doing a video, and this is going to come out after uh, the video is released. But I'm doing a video of uh, top ten breakout stars of the year, and Dominic is like mm-hmm. right up there. Uh, with I hope the, really nice one. <clears throat> well, he might be. He is. He is. Oh, dude, he, is. he is. He is. He is. Right. <laughs> but go watch the video. But yeah, LA Knight is, is of course, number one. That's the biggest breakout uh, superstar of the year. Uh, any other honorable mentions that you want to give here? 
Uh, that that about it. I, I think Gunther and Miz sneaks up there really uh, from Raw. It was really really solid. By far Miz's best match in a long time. Strong style Miz is interesting. I just know he can't wrestle like that forever, so it's always fun to see him do that every once in a while. And uh, dang, dude, Gunther, the spam specialist. <laughs> you know? uh, dude, yeah, the WWE 2K saving five finishers to beat your opponent. Uh, what a great match, though. Uh, great for, match. for me, an honorable mention, funnily enough, we just mentioned him, Santos Escobar's heel turn I thought was very, very well executed. I really liked it. And... Um, Oh, Good hang on. We do have an honorable mention. Wait, do oh, we? Okay. Hang on, hang on. Math is not easy for Santi sometimes. Yeah, shoot. Mm -hmm. I think I accidentally That's fine. left it off this list here. Uh, but I was going to say uh, Trish Stratus and, and Becky Lynch just absolutely tearing it up after many people mm -hmm. in the community said that this match was going to suck, myself included. Many people said that, you know, the, the matches leading up to it were weak. Now you had a cage and it's going to limit them. It's going to be the worst match of the night. And it ended up being a match of the year contender. Uh, women's wrestling, although some people believe that it didn't have like the, the heights that it did back in 2019, I feel like it was very consistent from beginning to end in terms of how well they were booked, how strong they looked and how diverse the main event scene was for the women's division, but mm. also how slowly robust it's becoming in the mid card as well, because in yes. the women's division, it was main eventer, jobber like there was no in-between now in the in-between we have the the chelsea greens of the world sonia deville was doing a really good job in there kc2 we have natalia in there cooking having some decent matches and what's nice is that now even the women's division at any moment can be like hey zoe stark you're in there in the middle let's bring you up for a main event program and that's something that's a formula that worked for the men for for a very very long time that i'm happy to see being applied to the women now yeah, the women also closed out a lot of Monday Night Raws as well. Main events is a lot of big moments. And at the same time, back in the day, they used to just put all the women in like 4v4 tag matches all the time. And that was it. They got That was their time to shine. And I had that match at number seven for my top 10 moments is uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish at the Steel Cage. I put that on the number seven for me. All right, well, let's go into number 10. Fellas, the holidays are here. I'm already in the mood. I'm wearing my Jingle Bell Rock shirt, and it's going to be bustling. It's going to be busy, and you can't forget to eat healthy. And for that, I've got the perfect sponsor for today's video, Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Factor is going to make sure that you're eating well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved straight-to-your-door meals. With Factor meals being delivered right to your door, you're going to be saving a tremendous tremendous amount of time because you won't have to do any grocery shopping you won't have to do any meal prepping you won't have to stress out about what to make it's just coming directly to your door based on your preferences and what you want to eat that week and factor offers a variety of different meals to fit different types of diets if you're being calorie conscious you could look at their calorie smart options which are meals that are 550 calories or less if you want lots of protein you could look at their protein plus which comes with meals with 30 plus grams of protein they got keto options vegan options veggie options you name it so this december get factor and enjoy some fresh tasty delicious meals that are conveniently delivered right to your door just simply pick the meals that you want wait for them to be conveniently delivered to your door toss them in the microwave and within two minutes you're eating a nice healthy meal with no hassle or prep so head on over to factormeals.com slash santi50 and use code santi50 to get 50 percent off that's code santi50 at factor 
aftermeals.com slash Santi50 to get 50% off. That's a pretty wicked deal, y'all. So go check it out. Now back to the video. Uh, you actually had this one as well. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, the Judgment Day Steel City Street Fight. You want to talk about this? It was special, dude. It yeah. was really solid. And it was the best match of that PLE for me. It was. It brought a lot of noise. It sucked the, the crowd's eats for the entire night after that it, the crowd was dead for was it sammy uh no for for seth and nakamura right it, the crowd was totally dead for that one because of this match and then the biggest highlight moment for that was kevin owens was it swanton oh that was <laughs> the, crazy on dom oh that was really good got a couple little comedic things with the the hockey moment and whatnot but this was good for sammy and kevin and it you know it showed that Judgment Day could beat a team, and I remember Sammy had a hero spot in it too where he just took on Judgment Day by himself and he took on Finn Balor. You think he was going to win? But this was great for Judgment Day because this was at that moment where Judgment Day was losing almost mm -hmm. every single match, and this is where they finally turned the tide and they started winning. Uh, what do you like about this one? Uh, well, I like the end result, um, which is kind of what you're alluding to there. I do think that this is the beginning of like Judgment Day opening up every episode of Monday Night Raw for the next three months. Um, I do think that it cemented them as main event players instead of a joke because they went that entire summer of getting clowned by Seth Rollins. Was that in the briefcase? In the briefcase? Brief oh yeah, the 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 Three Stooges act that they had, uh, mm -hmm. but the match itself, like Sancho, I'm usually not a fan of what I call overbooked messes. This is mm -hmm. the best type of overbooked mess that you can have. Yes, do I hate it when when Roman matches turn into three v ones because they always do inevitably? Yes. Was I okay with this turning into a five v two? Yes, I was because it was fun and acknowledged the craziness of it. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens putting on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins uh, outfits coming out with hockey sticks. That was cool. The Swanton, as you said, Rio Ripley being a badass in there. Some of my favorite spot was um, Finn Balor being put a garbage can over his head and then being beaten with kendo <laughs> sticks. It reminded me of Shaun of the Dead when they're beating the zombie with the uh, with the pool cue. I thought that was fantastic. I think this match should have closed out the show. And because mm -hmm. you're right, it did kind of kill the crowd. But to me, like why it ended up being special, aside from it being great in the moment, was the setup of the Judgment Day in the main event scene for 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 the rest of Monday Night Raw, or mm -hmm. for the rest of the year's Monday Night Raws, I should say. Now uh, I'm realizing that that was an honorable mention. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, this is our You're first ten. Like as bad as me, they're in the new he order. Yeah. The <laughs> this is our actual number ten. This is our All actual right. number, number ten. ten. At number ten, you didn't have this on this list, but I did. I have CM Punk and Seth Rollins finally face off it's a recent one but it's a goodie that promo is gonna go down as probably the best promo of the year one of the best promos of the year it's gonna set up one of the greatest feuds at the very least on paper of all of 2024 uh cm punk was like the 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 logan of the two like the grizzled veteran we had seth rollins being like the defender waving the flag for wwe uh i do love the fact that there is a storyline being presented to us of CM Punk departing. 
I like the fact that he isn't just being re received with open arms by the roster and that he's going to have to go through trials and tribulations to earn that love and adoration and respect back again, not just from uh, from from obviously the locker room, but there's going to be a subset of fans that see it that way, which is why in that promo, he apologized to that subset of fans, which really warmed my heart. I really love the fact that he apologized, even though I think it's going to end up being a ruse still. I, I I loved it from beginning to end. I thought that uh, they really pulled at the correct heartstrings. Uh, I think it got physically uncomfortable when they were both out there staring at each other for a minute and a half. And I'm just watching this and I just kind of feel, felt like I had this knot in my stomach. Like, where could this possibly go? I didn't think that this was possible four months ago. And here we are. So to me, that's one of the, the, the moments of the year. What, what, what did this moment mean to you? It was great. My only problem with this moment is the aftermath in today's last week's Raw. I'm like, perfect. Seth finally has something to latch on to. And we're, oh, I'm, I'm, I froze. Oh, no. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, we're good. So latch on to. And I'm like, fantastic. And then he comes back to the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like a Grinch? And now you'd be saying, Sancho, didn't you just say to take it from the kid's perspective? And you're like, great, yeah. But no, I'm, th this was like the perfect out for Seth to be like, okay, I could be more serious. I could drop the, the visionary thing. And I could just cut promos like I did. Because literally five minutes later, he cuts the same kind of promo against Drew McIntyre. You're like, just don't do the beginning. Just don't serve me that chips and salsa. Just cut straight to the, the main entree, man. Don't give me this. You ever go in a Mexican restaurant and you they have bad taste in salsa? You know that this is going to be a bad experience and you don't give the rest of the food a chance? That's what I'm saying. Seth Rollins, your, your opening bit is a bad salsa right now. And they do it every time. It's now every time. Every time. It, it, it blows my mind yeah. because there's no, like, switch to him. There's no, like... Him shaking it off and understanding that he he's serious, it just blends naturally into this organic Seth. Like, yeah, this is really good. I want to get to this center of this Tootsie Pop. I don't want to go through the that annoying hard shell on the other side. How every many metaphors time. can I give? Yeah. How many metaphors can I give? <laughs> it's every time. You're right. It's It's been the formula for him for a while where he comes out, ha ha, I'm a visionary. I'm a revolutionary. Yeah. And he starts dancing the song chant. And then he gets serious when his opponent comes out. It's like, this is what I wanted. This this is what I wanted to watch. Um, but you're right. It is becoming a formula. Number nine, we have a tie, Sancho. Ooh. Number nine, we have, we'll start off with the one that you had. We had yeah. LA Knight winning the Slim Jim Battle Royale. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know it's just a battle royale. I know I'm the number one Glazer LA Knight. I know in the comments, people out there are like, I'm sick of the WIC wrestling is cool machine shoving LA Knight down my throat. Well, open up because this was the moment, Santi, that we all, as LA Knight Glazers, Decided like, yes, this was the big first win for LA Knight. And we're like, about time. And it shows you the magnitude, the megastar power of LA Knight to get a win on a boring battle royale and made it matter. And on top of that, he got a nice car on top of it. Mm? He, he did, and he's just Tokyo drifting every time he comes on uh, comes in on screen with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is a big moment, like, objectively. I just, it's... 
the reason I don't love it is because they couldn't find a different way to, for him to do it aside from a boring battle royale. They could have done so many. They had so many opportunities leading up to it, and it, it felt like this throwaway. It's something that was announced basically the night of. But Don't you dare. LA Knight's not throwaway. You don't he, throw away anything. LA no, Knight. what I'm saying is that he was given a throwaway segment and he made it special, but it was a throwaway mm. segment. You can agree with that. It's a Slim Jim Battle Royale where the winner got nothing aside from that hokey ass car. They didn't get anything. Are you going to sit here and defend he, that he car? Got a, he, got a, he got a sick LA Knight Slim Jim commercial in the vein of Macho Man. That commercial sick. That was cool. That was cool. Thank you. But the battle royale was lame. The 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 stakes of it, there were no stakes. The only stakes were LA Knight needs to win. That was it. Yeah. So everyone, to see. everyone in there was just a stormtrooper. They were fodder. They were Perfect. red shirts. We Perfect. were we were it was just Perfect. the only thing that mattered was LA Knight winning. That's why I didn't yeah. love the the way that they set it up. I felt like they could have done something much better. I felt like they could have waited for the John Cena a rub before this whether you want to hear it or not and i'm just glad that la knights still made the most of this he was he was given lemons and he made delicious tasty refreshing lemonade now just to be a spoiler for everyone who's like oh this is going to be an la knight list from sancho this is the only moment i have from la knight granted you know he's the only moment of the year man <laughs> what are you talking about I let me finish. I know he had a great promo with Roman. Uh, I think he had a, a meme-worthy promo with the glasses and Roman in the uh, LA Knight sunglasses moment. I thought that was great. And he had some great matches with the crown jewel. But this right now, this let me knew that the WWE did believe in him. Yes, the John Cena rub came in, but I don't want to give you any of that credit. Son. I don't want that. I, I, I hear you all the time. That maybe have been on paper a bigger moment teaming up with John Cena. But this right here let me know that WWE is starting to see the the power of LA Knight's megastar. All right. Well, uh, you, you know what? I, I had it in my almost fringe making the list. I had the contract signing between Roman Reigns and, uh, and LA Knight just, just yeah. left off of the list. Yeah. Um, for me, the most memorable moment wasn't the glasses or the talking. It was Roman about to raise his titles and then LA Knight's music hitting and interrupting the entrance. That's oh, when I was like, good. oh, yeah. oh, they're 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 serious about LA Knight. That to me was like the biggest ooh ah moment of the entire LA why Knight does, saga. Why does Roman have those moments, bloodline, where you're like, oh he just Roman's does. gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're concerned about how he's going to react, man. And we, he's been doing that for a while. I think like the best of those moments, I know we're getting a little bit sidetracked is, uh, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And yeah. then Roman turns and we're like, oh. <laughs> Dad's going to be mad. Yeah. Well, speaking of Roman Reigns, I kind of cheated here, okay? But just stick with me here. Uh, rather than giving you a singular moment, I'm giving you an, uh, an arc. And that arc right. is the bloodline civil war. It gave us the trial of Roman Reigns. That's cheating, but go ahead. I just prefaced it saying I know, that I, but I, I know, but it's like, it's still slimy. Oh, oh, come on. Okay. All right. You know what? You're continue, ruining my continue, vibe continue. here. You're ruining my vibe. Yeah. The, the Bloodline Civil War arc I gave, gave us the, the trial of Roman Reigns, Roman fake crying his crocodile tears, you know, hugging the Usos and then low blowing them. Uh, then we had, um, uh, if you out. Then I'm out too. And then the super kick on Roman. Uh, we had the the money in the bank ma uh, match where Jay pinned Roman. Like there's just so many 
cool moments to me that is like the right now the canonical ending of the bloodline storyline because i think everything mm. that happened there afterwards has either been significantly worse or has not really touched the bloodline storyline per se i thought the bloodline civil war which um i'm still waiting for my royalty check because i called it that before the wwe did uh and i and i called this story arc before wrestlemania which is why i was telling you bums that roman needed to win at wrestlemania because we still needed to tell the story of the destruction of the bloodline and the bloodline civil war and it gave us so many cool moments the only only downside is that the the trial of Roman Reigns went on for so long that it delayed Carlito's return for like four months because he was supposed mm. to return that night at Madison Square Garden. I understand all this, but I'm going to have to pin you down here. You got to pick one moment of that. Oh, you're throwing a flag. Yeah, I'm throwing are, a flag. Are you seriously dude. asking you, for a coach's review right now? You know, my favorite moment of the year was Kofi Mania's rise. Though the gauntlet of the tag team matches, all of you know, the Usos not saying they're gonna do it, and then Kofi winning at WrestleMania. That's my favorite moment. So <laughs> one moment of you Nate, come on, I'll pick, pick one. one. No, no, no. I will pick one. I do think that the that the that the Usos finally walking away from Roman Reigns is the moment of there the Bloodline Civil War. Uh the, the, the awesome Fugazi heel promo from Jay saying, like, uh, you out. I'm the I'm the right hand man, and yeah. if you out, then I'm out too. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. And when my dude, go back and rewatch that. And this is what I've said this before. I think we've said this before that Roman Reigns is just a mean machine. If you mm -hmm. watch Jay Uso cutting that promo and Jay says I'm out, um, uh, sorry, he says you out. Roman is just dying laughing like ha ha ha. ha. Great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Roman is just an absolute G. But okay, fine. Uh, the If you have, then I'm out too is my moment number eight. There if, it you is. if you won't let me have the Bloodline Civil War. I just want a clean top 10. That's all. All right. Uh, I think the next one, number seven, um, I think, no, excuse me, number eight. Only I have it on here. I'm just double checking. I have uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair cook at WrestleMania 39, the best women's match of the year. Uh, I think that this is the match that I always have to point to when people want to dog on Charlotte. Uh, you have no reason to dog on Charlotte on this match. She showed why she's one of the greatest to ever do it. She made Rhea Ripley a superstar. And there is a difference between a main eventer and a superstar because Rhea Ripley was already a main event player. She had won titles at WrestleMania. But this is, this is the match that made her mommy this is the match that made her the the final boss of the women's division and it was because they put on in my opinion a five-star classic one of the great i think that this is the best women's match i've ever seen personally i can't think of a better one i really genuinely Maybe can't bianca and sasha Banks. that's the closest one that those are the only two in contention um i Maybe love sasha and and bailey at nxt Okay, that's the best women's match ever. I'm I'm just talking uh, uh, main roster. Maybe I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> really, just dogging me here. My bloodlines of war. I will actually. Look, no, I just it was a great match. It was fantastic, and again, just the rise of Rhea Ripley. Uh, seeing the WWE just make two plus two equal four. Sometimes you don't need to overthink it. Winner of the Rumble. Go mm -hmm. on to WrestleMania and win. You mm -hmm. don't need to do this overbooked mess. There was no Dominic Mysterio. There was no Judgment Day being involved. It was just two badass women putting on an absolute clinic, a classic. And you can tell 
Part of the reason why this was so good, I can just sense it, was because they were shafted from the main event night one spot for the Bloodline storyline, which I do believe was the right call. The Bloodline deserved both night one and night two, but this was the original night one main event, and you can tell there was a chip on their shoulders. They came out to prove that they should have been the night one main event, even though then the night one main event went on to be a better match in my opinion, but this is just women's wrestling at its absolute peak, at its absolute prime. I was there. It was fantastic. I lo I love watching live. You could tell that both women are the future. Granted, it is a bummer that Charlotte's out for nine months, um, but I'm. It just shows you that when Charlotte, when the lights are on and it's prime time, ple, she shows out and. I think Rhea needs to take a page from Charlotte and being able to build up her opponent. I feel that the reason why Rhea Ripley's reign isn't as strong as a Charlotte reign or a Sasha Banks reign or even like a, say, a Gunther reign is because her opponents don't look strong or better. I mean, Rhea could sell like no one's business and she looks great in the ring, but it's just like there's never that moment that Rhea's going to lose that you need to have when you're being challenged to be able to build up that opponent. I feel like every opponent that Rhea has faced has not came out stronger from that moment like a Charlotte Flair facing Rhea. Remember when Rhea and Charlotte faced a long time ago when it was almost that Rhea was blonde too and they were both yep. blondes just going at it? I feel Charlotte winning that match made Rhea stronger and then coming into this new Judgment Day Rhea, we're seeing the... I guess the the crest of her rise, so to speak, and it hasn't been topped ever since. That's the thing about top twenty, like top list of the year, Santi, is that the year is, man, that was long. a long, well, that yeah. was like the beginning of the year, and I feel like we haven't topped that moment for Rhea in, in a while. There's there's hints and, and flashes of brilliance and promo work, um, but nothing has come close to it. I I think Rhea organically is a great overall superstar. Like, she just feels like that's who she is, and she's not playing a character. The only time she's playing a character when she's trying to be a mafioso, which we, we kind of express, well, I kind of expressed during the time, but I think she's naturally a great heel, and she's great crowd work. It, it, it cracks me up when she's talking to the audience, and she's making you jealous with Dominic. Like, that's where I feel like she's at her strong suit right now. I 100% I agree. And if you go back and uh, chrono chronologically look at the year, the the best stuff with Dominic Mysterio started to happen after that. It really mm -hmm. was. Uh, okay, so seven, uh, Sancho, you're gonna you're, you're just gonna be mad at me, okay? So okay. it's a tie here. But I did have this is where Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus is. <laughs> I just I didn't see her. So you you're the one who had this on this list. You want to just briefly talk about that? Oh, we we talked about yeah. it. I think it was just an unexpected match that really did well, considering that they were not on that PLE previously. And for them to start off, almost start off that launch that PLE. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, they were the, the opener. Match. They were the opener. They were the opener. Yeah. yeah. To launch that PLE, very strong match. And for someone for Trish Stratus to take that spot off the top of the cage, very, very impressive. And at the same time, it was it was a moment where we were wondering what kind of Becky Lynch are we going to get. And I feel like it kind of put her in the right position to take that veteran Trish Stratus role and to be able to take that momentum into NXT as a champion. And, and at the same time, I feel like this was the most justified side quest that Becky Lynch has done all year. I still don't like Nia Jackson's side quest. I know everybody was was roasting me in the comments like it was a great promo battle and she's trying to solidify herself that she's more than a broken nose. But I just feel like it, it, it it's not as strong as this 
feud with Trish Stratus. And the only negative side about it is that Zoe Stark didn't it didn't launch her in any way that we all thought it would. I mean, like define launching. That's a superstar. She's a tag team. She's back I know, to the tag team. I know, but this is somebody that's in their first year of the WWE I that is getting know. lots of TV she time. Got a it, Chris Stratus rub. And it's I hey, look, when, all I say is tell me what Cameron Grimes is doing. That's where Zoe Stark could be. And she's okay. not because I think they, they trusted that she could that she could be part of something that was significantly bigger than her and get enough of a rub where she got a title shot. She two title shots. And yeah, she's on Ooh. in the tag team division. But Ooh, but the but the title shots the, during that, that that match, Santi, the crowd wasn't behind Zoe at all. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But oh. the opportunities are there, and we're talking about somebody that's been in the main roster for six months, I think. I'm not saying the tag team division's bad, by the way. It's just like, now she's back with Shayna, and it's just like, where are you going to go with this? You know what I mean? That's I just want to see her. You, you, does a woman need an intercontinental? I don't know. So this is what I was talking about, though, right? Like, now there's a, there's a def defined women's mid-card that wasn't there right. before, where they can pluck people out and say, we need a main event segment for a main event program for the next month, month and a half. And I think that's what they did with, with Zoe Stark, where it's like, hey, we need you for Rhea. Okay, you're done. Uh, back to the mid card, not down to main event, not down mm. to, you know, Sunday Night Heat. You're still going to get plenty of TV time, but now it's time for the next person up, Ivy Nile. Then it's going to be, you know, we did that with Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, that I can't, I can't believe you call Ivy Nile a strong hamster. <laughs> I'm a muscle hamster. <laughs> Is that not a good description of Ivy Nile? <laughs> Hate that it's accurate. <laughs> she would fold you in half. Like I know that. a muscle hamster. Uh, we actually had a tie at seven, so I love that okay. we both had this one. I love that okay. we both had this one. I, I think I know you're gonna go. Go ahead. We both had Logan Paul and uh, KSI at WrestleMania, dude. It was so good. It was so good, dude. The my favorite part is obviously like the prime bottle dancing. My favorite part is the dramatic telenovela like reveal of KSI's face when he when when it's shown that he's the one in the prime bottle. It was brilliant. So good i feel this is like the modern day celebrity type of reveal that we had i was again i was at wrestlemania day one and day two i i was chilling in the box seat with the kind of funny crew and having if, a great if, time sorry sancho sancho west yes. if you're for those of you uh playing at home the drinking game of drink every time sancho brags about him being at wrestlemania i think yeah. you're at shot four or five yeah, yeah, but it, I, I'm going to do that for a lot of these moments because that <laughs> these moments are special live. And the pop in the audience when it was revealed that KSI was there because you're looking at the monitor was so funny and everyone <laughs> was just so excited. And I think it's because it just showed you, for me, the reason why I have it here, granted, the execution of splashing the prime bottle as well was hilarious. <laughs> so good. The social post was so good. And he's like, oh, no, bam. <laughs> but I, I feel what really was that moment that made it special was that this was what Logan Paul brings to the table, that he's able to blend the internet celebrities. The, he's that bridge for more and more people to come over. You can have TikTokers, you can have YouTubers, you have more social media people be on WWE to grow the brand beyond just the television and just the people that have been watching wrestling since the 90s. It's very exciting to know that KSI, who is a boxer, then who had a match who had a boxing match like later in that month and they were so worried that he was going to get hurt they're like dude you could do anything out there in wrestlemania but just please do not get hurt 
And for them to pull that off in a surprise and the antics after the social media post of KSI on the yeah, gurney. Stretcher, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so stretcher. good, dude. It's, it's good. And, like, this is equivalent of... This is like Mr. T. This is like Cindy Lauper. This is like um, Mike Tyson. It's like that level of celebrity being involved in it. And, and I know there's so many people listening right now to the podcast or fans of W. Like, it's KSI. I get it. But there's... For the generation below you, or a couple generations below, that dude is a megastar out there. And it was just fun. It just let me know that Logan Paul, when you tune into a Logan Paul match, you never know what's going to happen, and anyone could show up almost. It, I don't think I've laughed harder in the year than that. That is, <laughs> it was just so, like, to me, it was gut-busting laughing. And I do, you know, I recognize the fact that not everybody knows KSI, but, like, that to me is, like, my generation of celebrity. Like, yeah. with, you know, as a as a 19-year-old getting into YouTube, seeing the rise of KSI, um, it, so, like, to me, it resonates probably a lot more than the older wrestling fan, which is why I just thought it was so funny. It was so clever. The reveal of his face was so good. Like you said, the the table bump was fantastic. The prime bottle dancing was so good. But also, like, the fact that Seth Rollins was just so good with all of this as well. You know, the 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 guy that's, like, you know, the, the face of the WWE, supposed to be the best worker, being given this, like, hilarious thing to do and to work alongside with and also knocking it out of the park was just so good and let's not forget you know i've always said whenever a wrestler knocks it out of the park in some sort of celebrity involvement they are given a big reward at some point or another and he was given the world heavyweight championship a month later i'm just going to toss that out there maybe it was because of this and probably it's also like you know like his 15 years of work before that but this was just brilliant seth rollins work as well and at the same time it solidified logan as someone that He's not a fluke. I feel like at this point, we're like, all right, Logan's not a fluke. Uh, granted, Crown Jewel had that moment too, but I think having a strong WrestleMania moment like this, I was like, yeah, Logan's going to be here for a long time. All right, we're moving on here. The next one on the list, it's number one, two, three, four. At number six, only I had this one. I had this one quite high. I had this one at my number four. You didn't have it at all on your list. Understandable, because you you hate John Cena. We've, we've already established that. Uh, I have John Cena verbally eviscerating poor Austin Theory oh, on Raw. Oh, I thought you were going to say Solo Sikoa. No. <laughs> no, not that moment. No, not that moment. We're doing uh, the reverse John Cena eviscerating eviscerating somebody that was the most painful secondhand embarrassment promo that i've ever witnessed on live tv the way he just brought to the forefront why austin theory sucks and why he's not getting over the fact that he pointed out the piped in booze the fact that he's like you're only here because you're you're vince's boy i only the only person that can get away with that is John Cena and his delivery of it had so many people doing the Roman Reigns thing of oh oh it's one of the best promos that John Cena has ever cut and that's saying a lot considering John Cena has a, a, a Rolodex of fantastic uh, mic work moments and this to me is is up there poor Austin Theory I don't think ever properly recovered from this moment. I don't think that he ever was able to to ever get a leg up on Cena at all during this feud because of just how devastating this promo is. And I always point to people 
to this promo when people say, well, MJF is, is a much better mic worker than Cena. No, no. John Cena was able to annihilate someone without using a single swear word, without without oh, using... He's the Will Smith of promos. Huh? <laughs> yes, he's the Will Smith of promos. That's a great way to put it. Without needing to, to say like the most disgusting possible thing to get under somebody's skin. He is just a master of delivering truth. And that's where I, at some point I love to see MJF develop into as opposed to just calling people just inbred losers. That's where I want to see MJF develop because this is just prime Cena mic work. My goodness. I don't think that we're going to see Cena ever be able to top this personally, because I don't know if we're going to see John Cena get this ruthless again, because he tried it a little bit with Solo and really buried Solo a bit. But yeah, that's not, what I was referencing, that, that moment. Yeah, but not as bad as this. This is the, the nastiest verbal burial that I've ever seen. I think that Austin Theory should deserve better than what he is getting now. I mean, you talked about the fallout of Austin Theory. Here's how I think we should, but hear me out, Santi. Hey, let's go. Grayson Waller and Austin Theory remain in tag team together, but what they try to do is become a Logan fanboy, like a Maverick. They try to join his posse. And Logan accepts them as part of his posse. Where have we seen little hints of that or Logan running around with him? So this is how you put get Austin Theory and Grayson Waller back out of these heel stooge roles. They roll with Logan for a long time. They become his henchmen and whatnot. They do all these kinds of things. They appear in random social poses. They go on impulsive and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. But then Logan kicks them out and becomes like the ultimate heel. And he's like, you guys were never on my level. You guys are just stupid idiots, da, 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 da. And they get the sympathy from the audience. And Austin Theory and Grayson Waller are finally faces again. Oh, so mm-hmm. like you 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 want to the, give them the Sammy Uso treatment, kind of sorta, but not so much like in the ring, more on the social media, like really roast them in social media and embarrass them because Logan's really good at doing that. And if you got to create sympathy for these guys, because right now they're just j- jobbing out to anybody that needs to to move on in the tournament. And they need to, you know, like a celebrity, like The Rock comes back, send out Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. There's, they deserve more. I think, one, if you look at the past SmackDown, Grayson Waller looks great. He's getting, he's getting cut. He's looking good. And Austin Theory had a great match with KO. I'm just saying, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, they deserve better. You know, I, I do have one thing that we need to talk about as an honorable mention. You, me- you, you mentioned oh his name there, and we neither of us had him on this list, The Return of The Rock. I feel like it could have been one of those that depending on how things went, it could have been number one, but the way that the things ended up going, it was just eh, like you just sort of showed up and said, hi, it, it, because it was more for the rock. It was more for the rock and less for the WWE. The rock didn't push anything forward. He yeah. didn't put anyone over it. He it just him for showing up because he was in town it was like, you know, you're coming over for your mom's and you're eating all the food and you're leaving. That's what he did. And at the same time, I feel like The Rock telling people that um, what the WrestleMania match was supposed to be is putting more spotlight on him. I, I, I get it. That's what The Rock does, and that's what makes him the great one, right? But at the same time, the reason why I don't have that on the list is because, like I mentioned, nothing happened from it. Yeah, it's the same reason for me, like nothing developed from it. There were a lot of uh, what ifs, uh, but 
none of those what ifs ever ended up it coming to fruition. It reminds me when The Rock comes back and he had a stare down with Triple H. I'm like, oh my God, Triple H and The Rock. And he's like, let's do this again. It's like, are you going to get close? I'm going to go ahead and walk away. That moment was great if it ended up at a WrestleMania. Where it, H it was, was supposed to. It was supposed to. I know, yeah. but that's what I mean. This is what happens it, with yeah. The Rock. You're right. He gets, he gets too busy. It's like, you know, when I'm like, Santi, let's go ahead and play some duos on Fortnite. Let's stream together. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I got to react to this watch party. Of it. It, you know, it happens all the time. Yes, happens all the time. All the time. I think from here on out, we both have all of these on the list. Oh. In some uh, way, shape, right. or form. All right, the top five, folks. The top five. At number five, we have Sammy and Kevin Owens beating Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. I talked about the last one, the John Cena verbally destroying Austin Theory. So I'm going to let you have the floor on this one. Why was this moment special to you? So sitting from my box seat at SoFi Stadium, looking down upon this. Upon the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> let them eat cake. <laughs> By the way, watching the PLE from the floor, not a great experience. I, I was at the San Antonio Royal Rumble, never again. Front row Always. is the only one. It, fr front three rows, if you're going to watch on the floor. Yeah. That Other than that, biggest waste of money. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah, either you got to be in the first row of the bowl, like the medium tier, or even the top tier. So much better viewing experience than being like in the middle. Agreed. Anyway, as I was watching from the box offices. With who? I the the sweets it oh. was uh it was fan <laughs> it was a great match you kind of talked about it being the the end or the milestone of the bloodline the end of it just the excitement of knowing that was happening was so good super kick city granted yes it was but at the same time seeing sammy and ko best friends for the longest time because we always talk about bloodline but we never mentioned that side of the story too sammy and ko Putting their differences aside, their friendships for the longest time since the Indies all the way up from NXT to here, seeing that uh, ending of them winning the Undisputed Tag Team Champions, and for the Tag Team Belts to main event WrestleMania, incredible, incredible. In that moment of walking out of the SoFi Stadium, which sucked because you had to walk a mile or two just to get out of there to a parking spot because you didn't want—I didn't want to pay a hundred dollars parking at parking at SoFi. No way, no mm -hmm, way, no how. Mm -hmm. Walking out of that experience, you were just elated that tomorrow could be the day. Tomorrow could be the day that Cody wins and finishes the story and completely ends the bloodline. Because it was the chink in the armor that we finally get to see that the bloodline is weak. And would the would uh, the Usos show up and help Roman if they're, they've been defeated? Would Roman accept them without having the belts? There was so many of that going forward after that day, and that's why I put it in at, what did I have it at? I think I had it at a decent spot. Let me look that up while you, you, you ooze about it. So this, to me, is the best match of the year uh, through and I did through. have it at five. Yeah, this, to me, was the best um match of the year it was nice to have a bloodline match that wasn't overbooked that didn't have people getting involved it was just two fantastic tag teams putting on a 30 plus minute absolute classic on the night one main event uh yeah the fact to me at wrestlemania at least this felt like the culmination of the bloodline storyline that mm -hmm. led up to that moment because the roman cody match wasn't part of that 
narrative that we have been drip feeding for the better part of about eight months up until this point. So to me, that was the climax of that moment of, of the bloodline storyline at that moment in time. I think this match solidified and reminded to the world that the Usos really are the greatest tag team to ever do this. I think this was the the. We already had it, but this was the reminder that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are top tier main event players that are here to stay. The commentary work was just immaculate, and I no. didn't, I didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't hear that dude, the, man, there, there was a, a legendary call from from Michael Cole. The one D, he kicked out of the one D. No one has ever kicked out of the one D. So good. The commentary team was just on point. The emotions of this match were just. We're at an all-time high. The The crowd was feverish, and it's hard for a WrestleMania crowd to be feverish at the end of the night, and they were feverish for this. Uh, this was just... This is, this is just... Uh, long-term storytelling immaculately executed. We talk about, can Triple H land the plane? And this is... And when I see matches like these and the culminations of subplots like these, it makes me believe that Triple H can absolutely land the plane on the Roman Reigns story arc. It makes me feel that Triple H understands the power of the Big Four. We're seeing a lot of big story changes and beats at the Big Four PLEs, including Survivor Series. But you are right. To be able to be in that crowd, people don't understand. Let me, let me, when people go like, that's a dead crowd, da 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 da, dude, dealing with traffic, walking to the arena, being in lines all day, being in the sun all day for some of these people, dealing with uh, just the amount of energy expended in your favorite earlier in the matches. And then you're like in hour three or four by the time it gets to the main event, and you might be gassed. And that's why I like that they made day one and day two WrestleMania. But we'll talk about it again when switching over, like going back to day two, just as exhausting, more exhausting, you would say. Mm. And there's a moment that you're like, dude, I've been here at the stadium for like seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> total of my life. And you could feel that. And no matter, there's nothing as great as in ring and you're missing commentary as well. So there's a little bit less of that excitement. And you may be distracted by the the silliness in the suite that you're in, or in the crowd that you're in. But it, it, it's really, it's really with all the lobsters that we have to eat in the suite. Oh, all of this gourmet <laughs> food! It's so difficult uh, to pay attention. All the the maids uh, uh, <laughs> blocking uh, my view as they present me with my drinks. <laughs> the the people blocking my view as they feed me great. Um, <laughs> No, it, 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 I'm just trying to put you in the perspective. Of the at the same time, you know, I went to SummerSlam at the same. T it was it was tough, dude, to get to that stadium and walk around and find your I seats. And, and uh, so, you know, if you're there, you know that you're there. And you're right for them to have that much excitement. And we were we were on the edge of our seat. Like I remember talking to people that never that don't watch wrestling. Like this is the one. You always when you're when you're the one that's a fan and you go with people that are non fans. You're like, all right. This is the match you need to pay attention to. Let me break this down to you real quickly. And the WD does a great way with their vignettes to set the story for anyone who doesn't watch. Like, this is what's been happening. This is why you should watch. And here we go. I love it. Love that match. And just everything about it was so good. At number four, we had different worded answers, but I decided to put them together. Okay. Uh, so we can just talk about the whole thing. Sure. You had worded this as uh, Roman Reigns retaining at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I had just Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. 
because mm. I was more so talking about that grandiose final boss Ganondorf like entrance, his aura, mm -hmm. and him retaining, still being the tribal chief. So I'm just going to put it all together here as Roman retaining at WrestleMania. I'll, I'll start off this one. Where'd uh, you have it on your list? What number? I, I had it pretty high. Let me just double check. I had it at five. I had mine at three. Okay. Uh, so that entrance to me is an all-timer. The the organs playing the the, the, piano, the yeah yeah the, is that not an organ was that not the organ oh no the they organs were, the, they were they were electronic pianos is that what they were okay anyways but they were look like grand pianos so they were in the grand anyway anyways thank you uh musical genius the uh, organ Sancho. is the pipes and stuff bro maybe i'm i'm uh I'm it's not the Streisand effect it's the the one effect where I'm Mandela. remembering the Mandela effect I'm Mandela affecting myself and because I'm just remembering this like super grandioseness I'm remembering just gold everywhere there were like seven pianos on yeah. this stage and the it when, by the way great stage oh beautiful Best stage Best least stage the the Hollywood vibe I love it the Oscar so vibe. good man and when it that music hit and you're like vibe. oh it, it's the final boss is walking out it, yeah. it literally felt like you have been playing this this RPG for the pe better part like of a hundred hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you've been, it was souls, Bloodborne. Right? It was yeah. a Soulsborne entrance. I, like I saw a couple memes of of Roman coming out and then the boss's health filling up. <laughs> I saw a couple of those. Like that's what the vibes. That's how good WWE had built Roman Reigns up to this point. The fact that he really felt like the final boss of the WWE, and you had the perfect playable character in Cody Rhodes as well. I love gaming, which is why I'm making these gaming references, but it just that entrance just felt so special to me. I had goosebumps throughout the entire thing. Paul Heyman doing his little prayer to the to the tribal chief just always being so good. I didn't love the match. I really didn't. But I do think it was the right call to have Roman Reigns win. I was screaming it from the top of the mountains that there's still too much story to tell to just have Roman lose his title. Well, like you could have just told like the bloodline could have broken up after they all lost their title. No, 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 no. Because you don't have a tribal chief if you don't have him as the champion. You needed to have him as the champion out, uh, once the smoke settled and the Usos without the championship to really tell this story. What happened afterwards, I think was fantastic. I didn't think the match was great. What did you think of this match and the overall feeling of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? It was fun being in the crowd and having your, your number one acknowledging him. That's the best part of being at a PLE in a Roman entrance. Being so smug with your one in the air and looking at people, especially <laughs> at... Especially you nerd, at, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's the only time the, the most masculine men acknowledge the tribal chief. <laughs> um, but but at the same time, when Cody hit those crossroads, you think that it's going to happen. Like, legit, you thought it was going to happen. I felt that it was going to happen. And that's the magic of the WWE. When they when they book it right and they, and they set it up right, you think the unexpected is going to happen. And I thought that Cody was going to win because it just made the most sense for if any other place... For Cody to win, it'd be here in Los Angeles type of vibe. And for him not to win and for the hear the air sucked out of that building for all the hopeful people. And you're just sitting there like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's always that fun when you walk out of a stadium. I, I know I kind of talked about, you know, the miles of walking, but all the cars driving away, playing Roman's theme, like all that kind of stuff is, is like, it's fun to me. And that's where the 
the Christmas type of spirit rides at the the PLE, and everyone's just like, "Woo, Roman number one, acknowledge." And uh, see the Cody kids all crying was was quite fun. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just I just thought that the match was great, and I thought that. You know, despite the what you what you say is overbooking, I think it made Cody look really, really strong, and it, it set him up as the ultimate face, and that's why you're seeing that he still is the the baby face of the WWE going forward. And at, at the same time, I just feel that it solidified Roman as you talked about the final boss. Sure, doesn't every final every final boss has minions, bro? You know those minions that just all of a sudden just chip you down. <laughs> Everyone has that, all right? So you got to have to deal with it. If you want to beat Roman, you got to go through everyone at the bloodline. And it, it was interesting to see Sami Zayn and KO come out as well to help out the help out, uh, that's, good old boy. That, that's why I thought it just got too crazy. There was like eight people that got involved. Even Paul but Heyman. All eight, but all eight people were part of the story. Sure, sure. It's funny because the <laughs> one person that was the least in the story was Cody Rhodes, but... But he's the one stopping the bloodline. I mean, what do you want? What do you want? You you think that they're just... But did he? No, No, he didn't. No, he didn't. The bloodline's too strong. Travel cheap, baby. Travel cheap. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Yeah. 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 That's the best part, dude. The best part. And number three, we both had this one quite high. And I love this moment. Bad Bunny's entrance at Backlash in Puerto Rico. Chambea, holla! It's all good, man. Like, I don't even think we need to talk about this one for too too much. It's a reverse concert. It's so cool. If so you haven't cool. seen it, please watch it on YouTube. I think it's the best production that WWE has ever done in entrance. It was so unique and involved the Puerto Rican people at the same time. That's what it made it so special. It, that drone shot made it different, oh. and it, and and Bad Bunny looked like he was jacked to the gills, like, and he had this aura about him that he was with his people, and it wasn't Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny; it was Damian Priest versus the people of Puerto Rico, <laughs> you know? and that's what made it so good. Samantha Irwin with the the prime announcement and the crowd singing. Man, chills. That, it still dude, gives me chills. I'm talking about it and it's giving me chills. It's it makes so me happy because that's what the power of wrestling can do, man. It, it's the same thing as, as the Hardy Boys coming back at WrestleMania. If that was in a building, the roof would have been blown off for that WrestleMania moment for the Hardy Boys. But this was special to know. And dude, if I was a celebrity and I'm like, wait a minute, I could get that moment that I could never captured at a concert that well. I might be looking into WWE more, and Bad Bunny nailed it. And at the same time, Damian Priest got the money in the bank, and he got the the brass nod of approval going forward. He grabbed that brass ring. Uh, do you think? Because that that was not Bad Bunny's regular entrance theme. He came no. out. He changed it for that. Do you think That's that? An old song too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an older song. Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. that he was anticipating that that reverse concert? Or do you think it was just such a, like, really was just an organic moment that not even the WWE could have expected? Somebody had to anticipate it. Somebody had to pick a deep cut for him. That's what I, I, I mean, I'm not familiar with Bad Buddy's catalog, but when it came out and they're like, yeah, that's an old song. Yeah, yeah that was that, like a 2016, 2017 song. I think he picked that song from what I understand because he banked on that, that people would know the words for mm. it. 
I mean, it brilliant. was so good, though. It was just it was so, so brilliant, man. Like you said, that drone shot. Oh. <laughs> and when Chris Jericho at Wembley Stadium came out to We Will Rock You, I'm like, come on, Chris. Oh, no, that, was, that wasn't Chris. That was um, Paige. No, Paige. That's Paige. But what yeah. did Chris know? Chris Judas. Jericho did the. Did he not go? No, no, no. no. He did the. Eh, oh, he oh, did that's, that oh that's what it was. Yes. Oh, that was cringe. It just didn't do it for me. That didn't do it for did me. Do, okay. Side, side quest. Sidebar, yes. real quick. Do you think Chris Jericho. Is saying like I get haters because I'm still at the top of my game, and and that kind of thing. When Chris Van Vliet he had that interview and he's like I'm the top of the game and I get all the haters and people are gonna hate me when I'm they're gonna miss me when I'm gone type of beat. I believe that people will miss him when when he's gone. I do think he's For right sure. there. Um, I think he is slightly misinterpreting that he's at the top of his game. I think mm -hmm. that he is not at the top of his game, but being presented as if he is. And many of us are seeing through, I keep, I love this word. This is the word of the week. We see through the Fugazi of that. We are seeing a guy that is, that is missing a step, but they're presenting him to us as if he's not, as if he's still prime. And I think mm. a lot of us are just like, no, but like, you're not dude. This is not the role that you should be having at this stage in your career. You should not be such a big main event player. You should not be having so many like marquee promo segments and taking so much TV time because you we know you're not at the top of your game, but you believe that you are and AEW treats you as if you are. But I do believe we'll miss him when he's gone. I think he's fantastic still. But to say he's at the top of his game, that's an AEW illusion. What if he's booked that way? Like I think AEW is afraid of making their their top talent look weak. Like maybe they should lean into that. Like you know, Chris Jericho, hey man, not at the top of your game, but he's out there. He's doing it. That's what I, I think that'd be a much more interesting story. The mm -hmm. the struggling veteran trying to to stay at the top of the mountain, I think would be a, a far more interesting interesting story than than him than the golden jets, the thing that just could not get over with anybody. Poor man, Kenny man. Oof. Get better, man. Get, that's a that's well a tough too. disease, man. That's the one that almost took out the Brock Lesnar. So it's very, very serious. The diverticulitis. Incarnate. If it oh, almost took out Brock Lesnar. That, that's not something to be trifled with. Anyway, and Bad Bunny was number three. Bad Bunny number three. At number two, we have, we both had this one really high, and I'm glad that we both did, uh, because it could have been easily forgotten since it was it was at the start of the year. Sami Zayn, the face turn, the chair shot heard around the world at the Royal Rumble. This was cinema. I believe that's when we all started using that term. Sancho, uh, what did you think of this? This was my number one moment. Uh, being in San Antonio, on the floor, reluctantly, now that I realize I picked the poor seats, uh, in regards to being there where I couldn't see. It was a moment where you you could just feel, it was like, the chair shot was like a gunshot heard around the, the world. In that stadium, in the Alamo Dome, by the way, if you've ever been to there, if you haven't been there, it's a very cavernous arena. It is, it's like a warehouse. It's massive. The ceiling in that is so high. And that pop to be in that moment was was so bone chilling, tingly. And it was so good. And it was executed really well from where I was sitting at. And you kind of felt like it was coming, but for it to happen and the excitement that it's happening for Sammy, it was so good. And it played out so well in person. And it, it was, man. And at that moment, I'm like, Roman. Don't ever give anyone a chair and turn your back on them. Just don't do it, dude. That's the second time in your career that's yeah. happened to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't do it, brother. What was it like for you watching at home? 
I, well, for me, it was this anticipation, like, uh, uh, will he, Sammy, I, I kept bouncing between Sammy, do it, Sammy, don't do it, Sammy, please don't, do it, Sammy, do it, and that's, that's just a special thing, that's something that you'll never get from, you know, traditional, uh, like, professional sports or even like traditional media anything anything yeah, because it's so you're unique part, you're part of it you're yeah. part of it the crowd roaring and just just heat you know going back and forth that's what makes wrestling awesome that's what makes wrestling is cool we talked about at the very beginning of episode one wrestling is cool because you are part of the experience you add to it my screen is in that moment forever mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's part of that your reaction is in the lexicon of the WWE forever. Dude, and the just the immaculate buildup to that moment. That, to me, in the years that I've watched WWE, I hadn't seen something like that where WWE had, had not been forced to build to a moment because I feel like the Daniel Bryan, the crowd kind of forced their hand. Same with Kofi Mania. This was like straight up, by the book, corporately written, the rise of Sami Zayn, and it was just so perfectly well written all the way from uh, from early in the summer in 2022, in the slow rise to the he's not feeling very oozy to the to the War Games match, to the Sami Uso stuff, to the trial of Sami Zayn. It was just so fantastic. It was a oh, it was one of the best executed just singular moments in the WWE like of all time frankly um main event yeah. match kind of sucked but will, yeah this was just so good that that yeah. segment was fantastic you Sammy there's a lot of people well I could relate to what Sammy's going through went through during that time you trying to fit in you're trying to be a part of the boys you want to be accepted you take a lot of trash and you just take it and you take it and he took it and took it for a year like for a year and you're at the blunt the blunting of jokes and whatnot and you're you're cracking jokes you're trying to be the funny guy to be within the the cool crew and for him to stand up to the bully direct granted it was a it was a cheap shot but still to stand up to the bully when he was outnumbered to do the right thing to save his friend, Kevin Owens, at that moment, that is what makes wrestling that you talked about, Simina, uh, Simina, because it's that moment. Try one more okay. time. One more time. You said oh, it you wrong dare. again. You said it wrong I'm, again. You, Simina, 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 Simina. <laughs> Cinema. There you go. <laughs> it's because of Luigi says it in the Super Mario Brothers. He's like, that is Cinema. <laughs> To forget that, yeah, you always sitting like a special moment. You always come in here with your, but like I was saying, it was a moment that only wrestling can do, and only wrestling could put those stories live, and that's what makes wrestling cool. And that's why if you just give wrestling a chance, and you would stop saying wrestling is fake because every media source is fake, you will acknowledge that wrestling is cool. Yes, sir. Number one moment. Cinnamon, cinnamon. <laughs> My favorite part is that, yeah, cinnamon, cinnamon. Wait, no, let me try again. Cinnamon. <laughs> oh, Sancho. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious, Auntie. Oh, man, man. You're just getting me back for your my typing. My typing I'm, I'm getting you back for, for all the flexing of you being in a oh. box. <laughs> in the okay, suite. Quick, 
quick story. It's because I I know people that yeah. are connected, and I'm very thankful for that. They were like, "Hey, dude, four hundred bucks, you get to be in the suite for two nights." I'm like, "Done, deal." Done. But if you, I I would say, if you want to do that, that's the best way to watch a Poe is at a suite. You could come and go as you please. You have a bathroom. It's fantastic, and you just pull together a group of like we had like forty people in there. So uh, that's what I would like thirty. I would do it that way. I'm thankful for that. I know Greg Miller is a WWE superstar. <laughs> WWE superstar Greg Miller. Game over, Greggy. Game over, Greggy. Number one. CM Punk returning at Survivor Series. It wasn't your number one. I think it no. was your number two. It was my number what? one, but just weighted averages had this as our number one moment of the year. And I mm -hmm. don't think that's a surprise. Uh, I think a, a good chunk of people, if they were to do this type of list, would probably have this as the number one spot. The return of CM Punk is monumental. It is something that I never thought was possible. I, I've said this analogy a million times in my videos, and I get roasted for it with how much I, I say it, but I don't believe that the, the, the bridge was burned. I believe that the, that the bridge was nuclearly annihilated. I really believe that it was impossible for the WWE and CM Punk to ever come back together, and it was a perfect storm. The perfect storm of CM Punk being fired from AEW. The perfect storm of WWE getting rid of Vince McMahon. The perfect storm of TKO already having a previous positive working relationship with CM Punk and the UFC. It was the perfect storm of, as it just so happens, CM Punk it most likely had his uh, non-compete clause end close to Survivor Series, which just so happens to be in Chicago. It was just too perfect. It was story. It was it was simonin. It was just too perfect of a of a sequence of events to, for this to not be such a like the, the moment that it ended up being it was perfection it was perfect perfect right down to the last minute detail sancho all right homelander relax. <laughs> uh yes i agree uh for for being last minute for no one having a clue for being secreted no leaks nothing no, like, oh, CM Punk was spotted outside of the arena or CM Punk was at a deli and all of a sudden we have CM Punk. It was executed to perfection, like you mentioned. And at the same time, it just, it, let's just be real. Our best episodes of Wrestling is Cool, the ones that are hot, is the ones with CM Punk in the thumbnail, CM Punk in the title. I, I, I mean, people want to see CM Punk in the WWE, did it, they got the deal done. That's why he's sitting on top of the new, new Heat order. Just to put it out there on the list that it, the, the only thing I didn't have here that we did not have on my list is Rhea Ripley winning the Rumble. It was mm. awesome. Just to come in at number one, going in all the way to the end. Awesome. Majestic. It was very mm. good. Yeah, yeah. The, mm -hmm. the whole rise of Rhea Ripley this year was just such a cool thing to see. It's a plateau, plateau near the end. We're at a weird plateau with Rhea right now. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a high plateau, but it's we're we're there. If if Sasha Banks would come back and add another player into the women's, that's the, right now the women's division. There's a lot of side quests because they're keeping this like you mentioned. There's main eventers and superstars. They're keeping them separate. Putting Sasha in there. That, that, that's what the only thing is like. I think Triple H just to put a bow on the 2023. Triple H is afraid of making people. He, he makes a lot of people look weak when they don't have to be, but at the same time, because he's keeping superstars away, he makes a lot of mid-carders jobbers. And what I mean that is, is the perfect example is Jimmy and Solo. 
they took a lot of L's recently is because, you know, they can't give it to Roman. And what I would think with Bloodline should do is get a lot of indie wrestlers when Roman comes in town, put them all in the Bloodline like they're his minions and have them take the L's. Have them be the ones that are getting beaten up, not Solo and Jimmy. You got to protect more Solo and Jimmy to make the Bloodline stronger because right now, that's what makes the Bloodline not as strong as it used to be because it's not as the Usos and Solo and they're the ones running the yard. Right now, it's just Jimmy and Solo just running around being goofballs. Yeah, they're, cartoon, they're cartoon characters. They're cartoon characters. That's right. So just hire security indie guard type dudes to just be Roman's fodder and then have them send them out and have the faces beat them up and not the Bloodline. They got to be untouchables, dude. You can't have your wise guys, your made guys, be the ones taking hits out there. You know what? I think that they've done such a poor job with Solo and Jimmy. Um, like, in, like you said, making them into cartoon characters and making them into, into just the goons, uh, that I just don't think that they trust them to be the heel main event scene or carry the heel main event scene on SmackDown by themselves when Roman is in there, which is why I think they turned AJ Styles heel so that they can have a main event heel when Roman isn't there. You think uh, AJ Stacks is the bloodlines like, a like a, like a mercenary type no, vibe? I mean, no, hey, I don't think so. Hey. Black pants. Black that's, pants. That, that should have been the dead giveaway. It should have been dead the dead giveaway. giveaway. Hey, you don't have time to change it to wrestling gear. Black back pants. You're a bad dude. <laughs> Leave the sword behind, black pants. My God. It's a different person altogether. Well, exactly. Green leather and black pants makes you a bad guy. Uh, Sancho, I don't have time for the new heat order. I do have I to know, jet. I knew, I knew, okay, uh, okay. Just making sure because I know that that's your baby you know. and I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I already hurt your feelings on all with cinema, cinema, cinema that I, I just didn't want you to walk out of this episode uh, being a, a depressed panda. Are you going to be okay? I'm walking to my car sad that I have to walk to my car three miles out. <laughs> from from my suite. <laughs> whatever you were complaining about like the walking i just yeah you know all those steps to the elevator from the suite to make it down to where the peasants are oh such a tough life (laughs) i'm trying to paint the picture that for everybody it's hard to be at a ple okay uh folks thank you so much for listening to this episode of wrestling is cool make sure to check us out on patreon if you want to if you want to get these episodes early sancho what are you working on these days uh you know the same thing just come on by the lives we got it's it's the end of the holiday spirit so if you see me putting out a sponsored thing or a hashtag ad or you see me streaming, just come on by, dude. Boost the numbers, bro. That's the easiest way to help us out, honestly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we're we're hey, we're getting our sponsors as well. Ain't that right, Santi? Yeah, we're getting some sponsors. Go check them out. Support them. You know, if you're not gonna if, if you if you're con- contemplating buying something from one of our sponsors, just go click the link and see if there's something that you like. They look at that stuff too, okay? They also yeah, look at people clicking the links and just click it and see if you buy something cool. If not, that's fine, but just go check it out. Support us, help keep the lights on and the mics on. Uh, same with me, uh, twitch.tv slash app is where you can find me. Uh, if you want that extra content, the raw reviews and SmackDown reviews, again, patreon.com slash app. Sancho, thank you so much for joining me on this Merry Yeetmas episode of uh, Wrestling is Cool. Have a have a wonderful time, everybody. Take care and Merry Yeetmas. Jimmy's going to bring back the dab. <laughs> Stop.